RadioInfluence.com. This is the Valor Hour on Radio Influence. Your weekly glimpse inside all things Valor Fights and a look at what's going on in the rest of the MMA community. Now, here's your host, Tim Loy. Welcome to another edition of the Valor Hour. It's episode number, oh man, we're up to 212. Episode 212, and uh, I'm your host, Tim Loy, uh, joined by uh, my co-host, Justin Watson, as always, as well as Jeff Hobbs and Greg Hopkins on the line. Torres Finney taking a break from the show this week as he prepares to uh, main event uh, this weekend's uh, Valor 84. It goes down from the world-famous Cotton Eye Joe this Friday night, July the 2nd. And um, we uh, spoke to, to Torres and his opponent, TK, last week. So if you missed that episode, uh, go back and check it out because uh, they definitely had a lot to say. And since it's fight week, that means it is uh, Pigs Panel Day. We've got back-to-back Pigs Panels coming up uh, this week and next with the Valor Underground Show in Nashville next week. And uh, kind of tying into that, that will be our uh, one interview for today. Uh, we'll have uh, Charlie C. Four Alexander joining us here shortly uh, to talk about his main event with Logan Neal. And um, uh, and then, of course, uh, after that, we'll bring in uh, Tristan Scarborough, who will be our guest panelist this week, uh, sitting in on commentary this weekend as well with Greg, uh, uh, Greg Hopkins. And maybe Vince Ferrar. I don't know. I haven't heard from Vince Ferrar. So uh, we'll, we'll find out if Vince is coming or not. He, he was supposed to reconfirm with me today, and I never heard. So um, at, least, at the very least, we'll have Greg and uh, Tristan there. And um, we'll uh, let Tristan do the picks on behalf of Torres tonight. Uh, Justin, how's it going, my man? We've got uh, got a busy next couple of weeks. Doing well, yeah. It's, uh, back to back the next couple of weeks, and we'll get a week or two off and then back at it again. Uh, a lot of fights coming up. Yeah, no doubt. It, uh, it is it is going to be uh, a very, very exciting next couple of weeks uh, and a couple months, man. We've got two shows a month uh, in July, August as well. And uh, who knows what the fall will hold. Uh, Greg Hopkins joining us as well. Greg, you've got uh, a busy, you know, a lot of teammates fighting over the next couple of weeks before we come back to Chattanooga in, uh, in August. Yeah, this uh, <clears throat> I've been a. Uh... Been getting excited about this whole summer with the, with this July with this fight with Logan and Charlie. You got Q on the card uh, from from Chattanooga going up there to the underground. But you know this week first we got uh, you know Feeney's really been going hard for this one, man. And that trash talk they had last week with TK, dude, that that's got me amped for this whole weekend. And uh, no pun intended, but I know there's gonna be fireworks, and I'm excited for this Fourth of July card we got. Right on. And of course, rounding out the panel today, Jeff Hobbs been running around crazy organizing the Nashville show, but uh, it's going to be uh, back to back weeks for you as well. Actually, he's kind of almost uh, uh, back to back to back when uh, you talk about Hydra Cup last week. Yeah, uh, Hydra Cup, uh, you know, this Friday underground, like you said, two shows uh, in August. And then when that second show in August is done, I mean, then it's the first Friday of September. So it's, uh, you know. It's going to be crazy busy, but I mean, it's summer. That's what summer's all about, you know. Uh, you know, we're going to see some badass fights. We're going to make a little money for all this hard work. Um, but, you know, absolutely, man. I'm running around like a chicken with my head cut off down here in Nashville, just trying to. Um, we have sold out, you know, for, for July 10th. There is not a ticket available. And uh, I'm telling you, if I had, if I could fit another 100 seats in that place, I could have sold them in the last 24 hours. So. Man, there's nothing better than going from uh, the Torres TK main event this Friday right into next week's action. It's going to be exciting. 
No doubt, man. Two good weeks of action. We're going to talk about it before we get into picks this week, though. A little housekeeping. We've got a uh, to go back over last week's Hydra Cup, man. We uh, we did it this past Saturday at uh, the Guardian, uh, the Guardian Gym in Lebanon. And uh, man, it was all tag teams and quartets, a lot of action, a lot of really, really close fights uh, or matches, uh, if you want to call them that. We have uh, tag team champions now as Team Sub Sandwich uh, wins three tag team bouts. Um, in a row to take home those belts and Josh Mader, one of the sponsors of the show, I'm sure was excited to uh, to, to to get one of those belts because they're they're beautiful for sure. Him and his uh, tag team partner Reese Lefevre really uh, really showed out. Lefevre something else, man. He did most of the heavy lifting, and uh, while while Josh was uh, giving uh, support on the sidelines, Reese is really out there getting it and uh, had a had a extremely extremely close match with the Tenth Planet team of uh, Luke Plunch and Jackson Spry in the finals. I I thought that we, to me, this time, man, the tag team really stole the show. Some of the most exciting matches we had ever in the Hydra Cups were these tag team matches this this day with just a lot of strategy, a lot of um, a, we had a lot of EBI overtime, so there was just a, a lot of tension on you know escapes and uh, and things like that with just like seconds making the difference between uh, a team advancing or not. Uh, but congratulations, of course, to Team Sub Sandwich. Uh, Hobbs, you you were there for all the action. Uh, first, we'll talk about the tag teams. Uh, your take on uh, that tournament? Yeah, it was exciting, man. Like you said, they, it definitely stole the show, um, and, and only because not because you know the, the tag team was better, but. Um, the quartets just, they were so closely matched. I mean, we were going through every teammate on, on these, uh, quartets. So, um, you're right though, man. Maynard was cracking me up because, you know, Lefevre's out there the entire five minutes and you think, okay, okay, I see what the strategy is. Uh, they're getting it to overtime. So a fresh Maynard can come in like a beast and, and hell no, Josh goes, no, you got this and, and, and leaves Lefevre <laughs> out there for, uh, you know, for uh, the, the overtime <laughs> rules, man. And, uh, you know, the, the the match before that, if you don't, if you remember, uh, Maynard got in the last 30 seconds and just ran across the, the mat as quick as he can, like, you know, a bat out of hell. Yeah. And, and, and participated in the last 30 seconds. And then the next match in the final, he just leaves Lefevre out there the whole time. And when it goes to overtime rules, we thought for sure we knew what was happening. And he said, hell no, you're good. You got this. Take it home. Uh, but you know what really made that whole thing cool was is that uh, he gave Lefevre the entire uh, the the prize purse and, yes. and, and let him keep it all because because uh, he showed out man and and he did a lot of the work so um, so that was really cool that that he uh, gave him that reward for it but uh, man you know the big story too is uh, Holt and Shlomo being uncrowned That's you right. know finally uh, the the two time defending uh, tag team champs. Uh, you know, went down. Uh, but I have to put that disclaimer. Both of those guys, you know, every, we would do tag team, uh, do a, do a round of tag team, and then we'd go to quartet to give the tag team a rest, and then we would come back to tag team to give the quartet a rest. But Shlomo Boyd and Antonio Holt did both. They did the quartet and the tag team, so they didn't get any rest and still made it as far as they did. They literally, while while the rest of the tag teams were resting, they were out there participating in in quartet. And correct me if I'm wrong. I mean, Shlomo had a moment where you know he was kind of a little injured, uh, and he gutted through it, man, and and still kept going and went on out there. So you know, props to the defending champs uh, for being Iron Men on on Saturday. But uh, it was a team sub sandwiches day, and uh, 
Uh, man, it was exciting. Um, you know, we did, uh, you know, Hydro Cup is something that's still kind of new to us. And, you know, what everybody that's enjoying the Hydro Cup needs to understand is we're we're learning, too, and we're seeing things that, that we can tweak as we go. And I know, uh, you know, we're going to make some changes the next time with some of the overtime rules, um, you know, when it comes down to the finals um, to add a little more drama uh, and and um, maybe extend that overtime in, in a certain way so that uh, it's not all shot on just one OT. So, you know, we're going to uh, we're going to make some adjustments to make it even more exciting for the participants and the people watching. 100%. We also had an eight-team quartet tournament for $1,200 and the cup. And, man, this one was, like you said earlier, just so close. Like, so many matches just coming down to the very last opera, the last option for both teams. We had our first ever overtime, sudden death overtime match in this tournament where there was, like, it could have gone on infinitely. And it went on a good while. But ultimately, at the end of the day, it was Team Scrubs out of the 10th Planet uh, gym down in Decatur that uh, – that uh, that took the uh, took the the Hydra Cup as well as the prize money, uh, taking out Team Manon in the finals. And I'll tell you what, both these teams were very impressive, man. Um, the, there's uh, the Travis uh, Thomas for the uh, the Scrubs, man. This is like a one man wrecking crew. He single handedly takes out the first team that they took that they uh, took on in the quarterfinals. And uh, so if they weren't able really to use him until last in the second one. Then they get to the finals and they just unleash this guy again. He this guy is a juggernaut, and apparently they said he's only been training for like four months so watch out for this dude um also uh in the finals though i was really impressed by team man and that was a team that we haven't had him around in a long time uh the coach miles williams uh, used to fight for us back before he retired but you know they come from uh, radford virginia and they brought it man these guys were really good uh including uh they had a stud wrestler josh whalen that was just a problem for lots of people and um they ended up uh losing in the finals but uh, a lot of drama to it actually is uh william son Taven steps in for one an injured teammate in that final and and um it was three on one I believe at the end and he, he eliminated someone before finally um uh being eliminated himself I believe in a draw um with uh, with the next guy but uh overall man really really uh, uh one of our stronger quartet showings especially for novice division uh, Jeff your take on uh, the quartet yeah uh, like you said it's supposed to be novice white and blue belt but these guys uh, were really on their game, man. They were, um, you know, definitely not questioning their ranking, more so bragging on, uh, you know, how far along, you know, some of these, uh, you know, white and blue belts are in their training. Um, it was impressive. Like you said, uh, what was the name? Waylon, that wrestler. I mean, he came out like a fireball and uh, he wrecked fucking shop, you know, um, almost to the fact, you, almost to the point where you like, you were saying somebody's getting hurt. Like he was, <laughs> he was so explosive and, um, it was, uh, he has that beautiful mix between, uh, you know, wrestling and his jujitsu where everything is, is with the explosive, with his wrestling explosiveness. And then, you know, f the finesse that, you know, once the takedown happened with the jujitsu, um, Definitely a big problem. I don't know, you know, a big problem for some people. Uh, I don't know what his future holds, but I mean, this guy could, you know, I don't know if he's planning on fighting or if that's even something that interests him. But um, with his, you know, wrestling background and his knowledge of weight cutting uh, and, and maybe what uh, weight class he could get into, it could, uh, he could, he could do something, man. Uh, and like you said, Thomas was just uh, crazy. Everybody asking, you know, asking him after he competed. 
you know, you know, how long have you been a blue belt? You know, when are you fixing to, to rank up? It's gotta be close. And he's like, I'm a white belt. I'm not even a blue belt. I've only been doing this like three months. Um, but you talk about a fish to water, man. He, he's, he has taken to it, um, big time. It was just a, it was really good. Another, once again, great Saturday, very chill. Um, I, it's, you know, become one of my favorite weekends to just sit down, relax, dress down, both, you know, just sit there in the chair with the mic and, and let's just hang out and, and watch some really good competition. Competition keeps growing. Strategy keeps growing. You see every one of these. Uh, we almost double our participation the next time because the people watching want to participate and the ones that just participated want to, um, you know, fix what they did wrong the time before and do it again. So we're really going to have to move into a bigger spot, uh, you know, here soon. Uh, or, or make like a whole day of it, you know, uh, uh, a morning and then take a break and come back for another one. I don't know. Um, cause it's, it's getting so popular and it's so much fun. 100% man. Stay tuned, uh, folks for the next Hydra cup. Um, we're looking to maybe try to get into, to do some female competition here next time. We'll, we'll be back in the, in the early fall. So stay tuned for Hydra cup four. With that, let's move on to our next segment, guys, and uh, that is a conversation with one half of next week's Valor Underground inaugural event, uh, Charlie C4 Alexander. Charlie, what's going on, my man? Uh, not much. Just uh, wrapping up a training session here. What's going on? Oh, man, excited to talk to you. We appreciate you taking a few minutes out. I know this is likely the last hard push ahead of uh, the fight next week. Let's talk a little bit about it, man. You got Logan Neal coming up. Um, you know, he both you guys coming off a of big finish wins. Uh, you know, uh, before we get into the fight, though, let's talk a little bit about uh, just what it's like to be able to fight back at home, man. It's been a minute uh, since uh, you've been able to fight in Nashville. Uh, no stranger to headlining cards in Nashville, but this one's a little different. Uh, different vibe going on with the Valor Underground. And uh, talk a little bit about... Uh, you know, just the the experience so far and getting to, uh, you know, kind of undertake a new promotions, uh, you know, headliner spot. You know, you've not uh, had a whole lot of luck over the years with being able to just have like that full, you know, three month fight camp where you know something's coming and you can prepare for a guy. But this time, you know, you've had pretty good uh, amount of time with this show kind of being, uh, you know, you, you were in the mix immediately when we were talking about doing this show. So you've had a good idea what was going on for a while. One of those few instances where you've really been able to prepare. Yeah, it's been a it's been a good time coming. It's been since uh, April 2nd after I won my last fight, pretty much rolled right into this one. Uh, it's been really good getting ready for it. Um, feels good to be back in Nashville. Uh, last time I was here was October 2019 and made some mistakes in that fight, let it go to the judges. So uh, no hometown hero here, no hometown favorite, I guess, but uh, not at least to the Tennessee judges. But um, <laughs> this show is going to be a little bit different. Uh, new head coach, new training partners, new mentality. Uh, saw a little bit in April 2nd of what's to come but we've actually had a full camp long time to prepare and uh best shape of my life best skill set i'm bringing and just ready to do it now so you know last time out april 2nd you uh, got the win over uh nate uh, ariaga finished him off a common opponent of logan's actually you guys have a few common opponents uh, you know, talk a little bit about that fight. You got him out of there in the second round, if I if I can recall. But you you submitted him, but you showed off in my in my opinion uh, some sh- some more improved striking. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, got the finish. Really wanted the finish. He's a really tough dude. He's hard to finish. Um, it was in the back of my head that 
I'd have to kill him to get out of there, get him out of there. And that's the mentality that I had. And, um, I didn't wrestle him. I just wanted to show my striking and, uh, really brought a good skill set into that one and finished a game, a game tough opponent. That's hard to finish. And, uh, that felt good. I'm proud of that performance, uh, but not satisfied and plan on doing a, a lot better job, uh, coming July 10th here in Nashville. And, um, he has a common opponent with, uh, Logan and, um, good dude nathan ariag is a good dude i got nothing bad to say about him but uh there's levels to this and i showed it then i'll show it again july 10th so you went um you, you went out there last time in april you got the finish you had a uh, more or less uh, you know coming right out of that there was already an idea of what was coming next uh you got to see logan up close and personal as you did commentary his last time out uh when he won against jason wolf in chattanooga uh anything you took away from that that was one of those it was so fast that like, I guess it's really hard to take a whole lot away from it because it was just like a crazy fucking whirlwind of a fight for like 20 seconds. And then, and then Wolf went down. But, um, uh, in my opinion, I saw a little bit of a different aggression, if anything, out of Logan that we hadn't seen in the past. Yeah, he definitely, he fought with a chip on his shoulder. He knew what was at stake. He knew he wanted to, he's been asking to fight me for a while. He's been wanting to get his name out there and stuff. Cause he, he got, he got the Bellator and, uh, had that fight and stuff and that's where he thinks he belongs so i respect that and i respect that he had a chip on his shoulder and he wanted to come out and beat up an old man but uh i love jason wolf he's a good dude and all but he's past his time and uh, no disrespect or anything but i'm not impressed by uh logan doing that because <clears throat> you know jason wolf's like i said he's, a, he's an okay guy and everything but as far as fighting goes like him him doing that to him didn't really prove anything to me Skill set wise, it just showed that he'll bite down his mouthpiece and throw like a uh, wild man, which <laughs> I hope he takes that approach with me because, you know, that's what we prepare for. We prepare for him to come out and try to be aggressive, and he's going to try to throw those wild hooks and maybe look for a takedown or something like that. And uh, we're ready for that. So, you know, we do, uh, we do skilled violence here, technical violence, where we're going to stay skilled, stay tight. But uh, Angry Dude's going to come with some damage. So, You know, that's what you, I took you, away. you go ahead. That's what I took away from it. That's it. Well, you mentioned earlier uh, about, you know, you got a new, uh, you know, a new, new coaching staff, a uh, new attitude, a new approach to things. Is it, can you get into, into any of that anymore? Like uh, for the folks out there that just aren't familiar with, you know, the, uh, the hierarchy at National MA or whatever, you know, talk a little bit about some of the new coaches and some of the, some of the things that they've implemented that are, that are different from the, you know, what you've been used to. Yeah. Well, you know, we were kind of, National MA was kind of in the lull for like six or seven years, uh, just kind of stale coaching staff and the fight team was kind of just stagnant for a while. I'm sure people noticed, you know, we weren't going out there and competing as much, but, uh, our gym took new ownership about, a uh, about two years ago, we got state of the art facility and we're moving into an even bigger, better facility uh, come soon after this. And uh, they really searched, got us a good coach and bring us state-of-the-art trainers. And my head coach now is Dorian Price. And he's just really uh, reinvented my game, reinvented my mindset. And uh, then just the staff at National MMA, we're always bringing in guys to do seminars and uh, bringing in top-level talent, putting them up to stay just to train with us and um just really good training here and then you know got michael chandler uh he's you know uh one of my buddies now where we get together and we train just privately and uh just a good thing going over here now 
what's the what would you say is the the number one thing that you have taken from getting so much uh, training experience with with uh, Michael Chandler? Um, really, just mindset. Just kind of goes to show, like, you know, he's big on no matter how good you are, you got to have a good work work ethic and uh, just have ego, no ego. Just go in the gym, work hard, work hard when nobody's watching. Um, you're better, better than anybody in the, in the room that you're training in. You just got to go in, put the work in, uh, give it your all. And then you need to push everybody else and hold everybody accountable. So he just really, you know, re-implemented that no matter what stage of the game I'm in, uh, cause I plan on going far here, no matter where I go, like always stay humble and just work hard no matter where you're at. So with a win here, uh, that'll be that'll be a couple in a row for you. You've got uh, good management there at Ruby that, that's pushing you. Uh, you know, a win here will push you to seven and three. On the other hand, you are in a very deep division. You know, one fifty five arguably is the one of the very deepest divisions in the world. Uh, where do you think a win does for you here? You know, do you think uh, a win gets you that next step, a contender series potentially, or something along those lines? Um, you know, what's uh, not to look past Logan Neal, but at this point, I know you're looking at bigger things as you uh, progress into your career. Yeah, I mean that's what's in talk. Because after this, after this fight, get a get a win, get a finish, you know, just an impressive performance. I can't just go out there and, you know, just have an okay performance against Logan. I got to go out there and put it on him and uh, put on a show. And then uh, after a good win there, you know, we're we got our eyes on, you know, go, hopefully getting just straight into the UFC. Hopefully, um, but if that doesn't happen, you know, maybe a contender series is just, you know, right on the cusp of uh, breaking into a big name uh, promotion after this. So, you know, uh, before I let you get back to training, man, I'd like to see I'd like to give uh, give you an opportunity to, to kind of give one last kind of final statement, you know, to the fans out there that are getting ready uh, to come check this out. This is one of those weird ones where you don't have to really fuck with ticket sales because the, the motherfucker sold out you know, 10 yeah. days before the show. So yeah. you can really buckle down on on this final prep. You don't have to meet people with tickets. You know, you're going to have a packed house of people there to watch. What can you uh, tell the people that are on the cusp of, uh, you know, they can't buy a ticket, but they can maybe buy the pay-per-view. What can they expect next Saturday night at this first Valor Underground show? Well, it's a big thing coming, man. I know the people that are behind the show. With I know, Valor, you guys got a lot to do with it, but I know Jeff Hobbs is kind of leading it up out here, and Taylor Hood and the guys from Nashville MMA have worked effortlessly to just, you know, day in and day out, um, getting everything set up, getting uh, putting a good card together. If you look at the card, there's 12, 13 fights, I think. Uh, from top to bottom, it's stacked with just national talent. They're bringing in people from Cali. They're bringing in people from all over the, the country. And on top of that, it's just sold out where there's no tickets left. And, uh, Tim, I know you had a lot to do with uh, making the matches and stuff. So I think you guys just did a great job. Um, like I said, from top to bottom, high-level matchups, um, from pros to amateurs, uh, pro Muay Thai and everything in between. It's just a good card. And, uh, you know, the king of Nashville's on it, so... Um, everybody come out, check that out. I promise, uh, I'll do a better show than I did last time. And, uh, <clears throat> there's a lot of pressure going in this fight for me, but that's what I thrive off of. I've been a, I've been a competitor since I was four years old. So all I know, it's all I do. If I was fighting some bum, uh, I wouldn't be motivated. Uh, I'm more vo- motivated for this than I was for fighting, uh, David Robbins when he was five and or whatever. And he was a hot shit around the state. So, uh, just big things to come. Uh, great show, a lot of talent. My little brother, uh, Alex Brigande, he's he's a uh, fight for a title. He's guaranteed going to be on a big show in the next couple of years. Much, much uh, love here and big talent coming out of that uh, out of that card for sure. Any final words for Logan Neal? <sighs> Just bring it. Be ready. Bring it. 
and just be careful what you wish for after this. That's all I got to say. All right, man. Before we wrap it up, any uh, love you want to give us friends, family, sponsors, training partners, I'll let you have it. We'll wrap it up. All right. Just shout out to uh, you guys over at Valor and Jeff Hobbs, especially out here in Nashville, kind of being the hub for uh, the Nashville guys for this fight. Uh, my team, Nashville MMA, the staff there, all my training partners, uh, Dorian Price, and uh, then all my sponsors that I got going in this fight. I don't. I'm in the middle of a session, so I don't got my uh, my stuff on me, but um, they will be represented on my shirt and on my uh, shorts. And just everybody out there that supports me, just really appreciate it. Stick with me, and uh, we got big things coming. So I appreciate everybody. All right, this has been Charlie C4 Alexander getting ready to main event, the first ever Valor Underground promotion going down next Saturday, July the 10th in Nashville, Tennessee. Tickets are gone, but you can check out the pay-per-view at combatcast.tv. Can't wait for it, Charlie. Thanks so much for the time, man. We'll see you next week. A lot of anticipation for this one, man. I'm, I'm pumped. Not to look past our show this week, though, because there's a lot of anticipation for uh, for this big main event we've got here uh, in Knoxville with TK Mattress and uh, Torres. Go around the horn real quick for reactions to this one from uh, Charlie Alexander. Uh, looks like he's dialed in. He's focused. He's confident and uh, and plans to make a statement against Logan Neal. Jeff, you've, uh, you know, uh, out there in Middle Tennessee, that's your neck of the woods. I know you put a lot of work in on this. Uh, your thoughts on uh, the Charlie's uh, state of mind? Uh, state of mind's great, man. I mean, he's 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 as focused as I would um, expect. You know, um, you know. I think you know what I took away from that interview was really kind of how he ended it there. And it's like you know, I I want Logan at his best. You know, and and, and the fact that he even said. You know, I'm taking Logan more serious and and taking this fight with Logan more serious than than I did the fight with five and zero David Robbins, uh, which says a lot about you know uh, Charlie's always confident with that uh, splash of cocky and 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 a dash of dick uh, in it. But you know, I think it says volumes though. Um, you know that he's you know at that time David Robbins was five and zero uh, and he's putting this fight with Logan. Uh, a little higher up on that pedestal than, than he did then. So I think it does say a lot uh, secretly about what he thinks about Logan as an opponent. Um, so, you know, at the end of the day, it's from the day that we talked about this show, uh, like you said, the moment that Ariaga fight was over, uh, this was the fight, Tim, you wanted to put together, I wanted to put together um, immediately. I mean, we talked about it as soon as he walked out of the cage. And we reached out to Logan as soon as we could, even when Logan had a fight coming up. So that's just even more anticipation that's built up for it. Um, everybody I've talked to, and I'm sure you know, Greg is is talking to people on his end of the of the state, and then people that aren't even involved in either side, but just fans of Valor, are are reaching out, going, "Fuck, I need to see this main event." You know, I need to see this main event. Burleson keeps messaging. You know, uh, I had a guy from the Chicago message because he watches Valor on, you know, the pay-per-views, you know, on a box cast. And he has no ties to either one of them. Uh, but he knows both these guys from watching our pay-per-views. And he's driving to Nashville now from Chicago. He bought a, t- a ticket. Uh, you know, so things like that happen when you have a main event like this. No doubt, man. Uh, a lot of uh, a lot of anticipation, a lot of excitement, and we, of course, will have picks panel for that show next week. Uh, moving on around here, Greg. Uh, of course, uh, you uh, teammates with uh, with Logan uh, booked to fight Charlie uh, in the past. Uh, that it wasn't able to happen with the name COVID, but uh, familiar is, uh, is certainly a, an understatement uh, for both of these guys. As far as you're concerned, your uh, your thoughts on that interview with uh, Charlie? Uh. 
Yeah, Charlie sounds uh, sounds confident, sounds ready, and you know we caught him in the middle of the training, and you know if that's all the guys doing, then good for him. And uh, you know, uh, uh, I guess that you know Jeff mentioned the fact that he's got a little bit of arrogance, splashed with coffee, splashed with a little bit of dick, uh, but I think you may uh, you may have left off one a little bit of asshole too. Um, with that being said, you got to kind of be an asshole to be in this sport, and uh, I mean. And, and and with with uh, with all the respect in this, you know, I'm I'm uh, I'm paying the most respect to Charlie right here by saying, you know, I like where his head's at. Uh, he does look like he's come a long way in the Ariaga fight against uh, since since when he fought David at home. Uh, he he made he did make mistakes in that David fight. He left it to the judges. I don't think he's looking to leave that. And the fact that he's saying he's training harder for this fight with Logan Neal because Logan's been on that stage. Charlie knows what's at stake here. He knows I can beat this guy and get and get that push. You know, uh, Logan's aware of it. This is a huge fight. Like he said, Chris Burleson's coming down from Chicago to watch this. You know, this is, I'm coming up from Georgia to watch it. You know, I want to be there. I want to see this fight, not just because Logan's a teammate and Charlie is a former, you know, uh, opponent, but both of them are just killers, man. I mean, you, you can't deny a good fight when you see it on paper right there. And we're two weeks away. And, you know, and we're, <laughs> I know Greg, we're you're, coming the, up uh, for the, you're coming up for the tap truck, I know, too. I'm sorry, what? You're coming up for the five IPA tap truck that's going to be in the building, too. Oh, well, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's great. But listen, man, I, I with, that, with that being said, man, dude, this is just a, we're going to fight. Like, this is a big fight. I'm excited for this fight. Uh, I don't think you're going to talk to anybody in the whole wide world right now that you show them this fight. They're going to be like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not, that doesn't intrigue me because this is intriguing. A lot of big names, a lot of big people, a lot of eyes on this. Logan just signed with first round management. Let's not forget about that. You know, Charlie was on first round management, but he's not anymore. Uh, I'm I'm excited to see all the little fights inside the fights, and you know, with this fight and the in the first Valor Underground we've ever had. But like we're putting the horse before the uh, the car- uh, the, the carriage for the horse because we got one this weekend too. You know, no doubt, no doubt. Uh, Justin, uh, you obviously can't get, get into it too much, but uh, you'll be judging this fight. But what uh, you know, uh, takeaways from uh, this interview with Charlie? Yeah, man, not much left to say after those guys, but um, both, you know, we talked to Logan last week. Both these guys are hungry, ready to go, looking to to advance their career with a win here. Um, everything about this screams that it's going to be just a knockdown, drag-out war. Um, main event, probably fight of the night. I can't wait, man. It's um, I'm really looking forward to Nashville. All right. And that brings us into our final segment of uh, the show here, uh, Picks Panel and uh, uh, Predictions for this weekend's Valor 84, Torres Finney versus TK Mattress for the 205 Championship. Torres uh, not going to join us this week as he's preparing for that bout in, in his place, uh, both uh, on the Picks Panel and at the commentary booth this week. We'll bring in Tristan Scarborough on the line now, a guy that we've uh, gotten to know pretty well here over the last year. Tristan, how's it going, my man? Glad to have you. Doing great, man. Just got done training here at Hobbs Jackson Wheat with a couple of guys that will be on the card Friday. So I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, likewise, man. And so uh, you'll be uh, testing the waters there at commentary with uh, with uh, Vince and Greg. I did just hear from Vince, by the way. So, yeah, with Vince and Greg. Uh, so that'll be fun. Of course, you've got a lot of insight into a lot of these guys here as uh, you're training with three of them. You fought uh, one of them. Uh, so I'm excited to get your take on a lot of these bouts. Uh, before we get into the uh, picks for this week, we did have some bonus points on the line from the Hyder Cup. Justin, recap us. Yeah, so um, 
Torres picked the the uh, quartet winners for the Hydro Cup, getting an extra five points. That brings our total to uh, Greg at 179, Torres right there at 178, and Hobbs tailing along at 168. All right, and before we get into picks for this week, uh, if you'll run down the uh, the format, if you will, as uh, uh, how we keep up with the scores and whatnot, uh, as this segment actually will come to this will be this is June, yeah, okay. Uh, so this will be the last picks panel on this uh, on this uh, season, if you will. We'll start fresh for the. Uh, underground show uh, next week. So it matters now, gentlemen. Uh, one more time, recap of where we stand on the points and then a uh, rundown of how the scoring works. All right. So Greg's in the lead with 179, Torres with 178, Never. Hobbs with 168. Each each panelist will pick the fighter and uh, the method of victory. They get two points for picking the correct fighter with an extra bonus point if they guess the uh, the method of victory correctly. Perfect. Ready perfect. To get into okay. it. Uh, so as we get into it again, it'll be uh, Tristan Scarborough uh, picking for Torres Finney here, and we'll see if some moves can be made. Uh, let's uh, jump into it, guys. We got 14 bouts, and again, uh, tickets for this uh, extravaganza are available at FighterTicksWithNext.com, uh, or you can get them at the door, or you can watch it at uh, our Boxcast channel. Uh, the links are all over our social media as well as VFCMMA.com. Let's jump into it, guys. Uh, like I said, 14 bouts. We have one slap grappling match, combat BJJ, one 10-minute round. Um, and, uh, Justin, I'll let you uh, run down the particulars, and then I will go through the uh, – I'll run through uh, a, b- a brief rundown of the fight, then we'll go around for the picks. Uh, for these first eight, we'll keep it fairly brief. There's a lot of uh, – I mean, if you've got information, bring it, you know, but uh, a lot of de- debut types. So, uh, all right, bout one, Justin, let's roll. All right, so to get us started, we have Caleb Holt doing a combat jiu-jitsu match at catch weight of 225 against Taylor Burton out of Somerset Martial Arts in Somerset, Kentucky. Yes, sir. So originally scheduled to be Taylor Burton versus Robert the Real Bulldog Davis, uh, who withdrew today with a knee injury. Uh, so stepping in to fight ta- or to match up with Taylor Burton in this to slap grappling will be uh, will be Caleb Holt, our buddy. Uh, Caleb uh, runs camera for us as a jack of all trades. Uh, was helping at the Hydra Cup, uh, all around uh, good dude. Steps in where needed, and uh, he knows that. Uh, uh, he'll be needed on the camera perch immediately after this. So, uh, you know, uh, of course, we'll talk about Caleb first. He, he took this on about three days' notice. Uh, hasn't got an MMA win yet. He's 0-3 in MMA. This will be his first slap grappling, white belt, independent out of Knoxville. Uh, probably best known for fighting uh, my cousin Lee Radford back uh, in Lee's first fight. And uh, he'll be taking on Taylor Burton out of Ian Lawler's Somerset Martial Arts in Kentucky. Uh, five foot six, has fought at heavyweight two times. Owen two hasn't hasn't had any wins either in MMA, but has fought some big guys. Fought big CJ Baker, you know, and uh, you know just gave up so much size there. And he's he's lost some weight now. He's like two fifteen, two twenty, as he's AI in the a much more suitable um, uh, two hundred five weight class for him. He's blue belt, by the way. And uh, so one of these guys will have their first bit of success in that cage this weekend. So that's cool. How do you see this one playing out, Greg? I see. Please say their names again: Caleb Holt and Taylor Burton. But Taylor. Taylor Burton, he, be, bearded fellow. He fought CJ Baker. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I, mean, I remember because he. Yeah, they. I remember because I think his uh his the coaches were mad. Ian was Ian Lawler. 
He's with Ian Wilder. Yeah. Yeah, he was mad about that the the, the glove the tap. Glove sorry, That's it. That's it. <sighs> now Taylor, oh, this is this is slap grappling. I gotta yeah. go, man. Taylor's big boy, man. He's got a lot of heart. Taylor's been in there. He's been watching. Like, God dang, man, that's a fun one. Uh, let's go. I'm gonna go with the um, with a draw here. Okay, the draw is on the table. All right, Tristan. Yeah, I'm also gonna go with a draw. I don't really see either side having a distinctive advantage. Hobbs? Well, fuck it. If y'all are going to puss out, I'm not. Uh, I'm going uh, I'm picking a winner. Uh, I'm going Taylor Burton by fucking slap TKO. There you go. Slap TKO. My, oh my. All right. I'm going to, we're going to have an early so Greg and, uh, Did I get extra points for calling an early stoppage? <laughs> I feel well. There's only if well if it's not a stoppage, it is a draw, I guess. And so no, I'm just saying, a, I'm saying an early one though, a premature. Oh, 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 oh. I'm calling uh, something that wasn't justified. Yes, but unjustified. Yeah. <laughs> I guess that would be uh, that would be uh, subjective, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. Next up, we have a uh, Todd Bout catch weight at one sixty. Malik Lee zero and three out of Spartan Academy MMA. In Columbia, South Carolina, taking on Taylor Roderick, three and three out of Van Muy Thai in Greenville, South Carolina. Okay, so all we we got three tie fights, and this is one of our better tie uh, portions of the card. Uh, this is really solid. Everyone's very very skilled. So Malik Lee, we've seen two two times. Uh, two of his three fights were with us. He's lost decisions in both of them. However, uh, just to jog everyone's memory, he's he's pretty good. He, he's he's much better than his zero and three record. He uh, he probably should have won his fight against Ben Berlu, um, but then he had so many low blows and point deductions that he ended up losing. And then he had a very he had a close split decision loss to Cody Linder last time out, which again was was marred by a lot of low blows. And so it's kind of one of those things where, you know, if, if he could keep his his blows legal, then he probably could be one and two or two and one even. It's just but that's that's part of it. You know, you've got to adapt. You've got to be able to, you know, to fight within the rules. And so we'll see if he's if he's, you know, kind of clean that up. He's he's uh, fighting with the Spartan Academy there in uh, Columbia, South Carolina, along with teammates K.J. Franklin and Charlie Miller. So uh, th- that squad is always very, very prepared. And he'll be taking on uh, Taylor Roderick, who we've seen one time. And uh, it was only his uh, it may have been his first ever fight, if not his second fight. Trains also out of South Carolina with Bon Muay Thai under Mark Clem. He is now three and three. He he got several fights in in one weekend at a tournament, though. So um, he he's probably got half of his fights in in, in the course of one weekend. Uh, Taylor Roderick, the one time we saw him though, knocked the fuck out of this dude to where I thought he'd killed him. He he hit a huge head kick knockout that knocked this guy into the the next realm, and it was uh, certainly a very impressive one. So at 21 years old and six foot tall, he's he's gonna be uh, gonna be a handful. This is gonna be a really really good fight. Tristan, we'll start with you on this one. Yeah, I'm excited for this one. All the Muay Thai fights I feel like have been really good. Um, I have Rodriguez taking this one. Uh, I think he's just a more skilled fighter, and he has that big power. And uh, I'm going to take him by TKO. Jeff Hobbs? Yeah, I second that. I, I like Roderick on this fight. Um, uh, I, I think, uh, you know, I could be wrong. You can say, Jeff, you don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Greg usually does. Uh, um, but I feel like, you know, that uh, Roderick with the Bon Muay Thai gym, you know, gets to see a lot more of that just uh, traditional – 
uh, a Muay Thai. So uh, I'm leaning Roderick on this one. TKO or decision? Uh, I'm going to say decision. Greg Hopkins. I'm going to go with Roderick by decision as well. All right. So everybody goes with Roderick. Torres takes the TKO. The other two take a decision. Next up, um, MMA, lightweight, 155 pounds, Bud Cook, 0-12, independent out of Wilmington, North Carolina, taking on Dan Garrett, 0-1 out of BC Combat in Murphy, North Carolina. Yeah, so, uh, you know, we know Bud Cook. We've seen Bud Cook many, many times um, over over the years. Still hasn't picked up that win, though, and, uh, you know, he's going to be aiming for it here. Um, comes all the way from Wilmington, always game, but, uh, it, you know, hasn't had that luck up until now to, to have the success to get a win, so we'll see if he can turn it around here. He's taking on another guy looking for his first win, but only a second try. Uh, Dan Garrett is his opponent. Dan is uh, Dustin Garrett's dad. Uh, for those that are familiar with Dustin Garrett, always in his corner. And he stepped up last time on super short notice. He comes in here 1-0-1, but with a, a nice little asterisk next to it. He, he stepped up on literally 24 hours notice after uh, Bradley Brakefield fucked us over and no-showed Elijah Gilberson. And, man, really gave Elijah a nice run until he kind of, kind of, you know, he kind of gassed and faded. But, uh, but he, you know, he's in shape, man. And he's 51 years old. Dan Garrett is 51 years old. And if I can be looking like him at 51, then I'm going to be feeling pretty good about myself because he's uh, put together at 51. You can tell he's got a little bit of wrestling background. Struggled a little bit in the striking there with Elijah. But Elijah's, a, you know, a long, rangy buck that is, uh, you know, it came. That was, that was a tough uphill uh, draw in your first one around. Uh, Bud Cook will want to strike, I assume. And so, uh, you know, we'll see how it goes. Two guys a little older, a little longer in the tooth, uh, you know, going at it, looking. Somebody's going to get a win. You know, Bud's 39 himself. So, uh, you know, I'm excited to see one of these guys get a win. Jeff Hobbs? Uh, yeah. Um, you know, first time, uh, you know, really probably Bud Cook has been in the cage with someone older than he is. He's usually the, the elder statesman in every, every match. Um, uh, you know, we hadn't seen Bud in a while, but, uh, I think the last time shit, I'll say it got himself in a little controversy, yeah. uh, a little bit of internet controversy. So I think yeah. it's kind of let, let some things die down and the smoke clear and, um, you know, ready to get back in. So I'm at least glad he hasn't given up on this and he's coming back to us and, um, you know, doing, uh, doing the social media the right way. So congratulations to Bud. Um, you know, I, I do agree with, uh, with you, Tim, Bud's going to want to keep this standing. I think Dan's going to definitely have a significant advantage on the ground. I, I guess what I fear is once he gets it to the ground, does he know, you know, does he have that to finish it on the ground? Is it, or is he just, you know, going to be superior getting them there, but then not really knowing, uh, how to get Bud out of there once he gets down. Um, man, I, I guess I'm going to step out there and say, uh, Bud Cook gets, uh, his record up to one in 12. And I think it's wow. going to be, I know, I fucking know. Um, I'm going to say it happens by decision. All right, Greg. Man, <laughs> I was I was thinking, I was just thinking, you know, like I don't know, but you, you said it and you did it and you went it, and I was, but I was thinking that you know both these guys are the elders, they're older, uh, their gas tanks aren't going to come as far. We Bud Cook, you know, we hadn't got to see him go a whole long, you know, a whole lot of long distance fights. 
I think that this is going to be one of the ones where, uh, you know, they're going to drag each other out in the desert and we're going to see who can last. But, um, y'all know me, man, I'm, I'm a biased, I'm a biased person when it comes to wrestlers. So like, I've got to take me some Dan Garrett, uh, beating Bug Took and Dan Garrett gets his first win here. That's who I think wins. Oh, and, uh, by TKO. TKO. All right, Tristan. Yeah, I was torn on this one. Um, you know, I'd really like to see Bud Cook get a win. Um, so, you, somebody did it first, so I didn't have to do it. I'm going to take Bud Cook by TKO. By TKO? Yes, sir. All right. So, Hobbs and Torres both take Bud Cook, Hobbs by decision, uh, Tristan by TKO, and Greg takes uh, Dan Garrett by TKO. Next up, lightweight MMA, 155 pounds, Troy Williams, debut out of Hobbs, Jackson, Lincoln, Concord, North Carolina, taking on Hayden Stanley, 0-1, out of Karate Mafia in Moorestown. Okay, so we saw um, we saw Hayden Stanley the debut last time out. Um, he had a short notice fight against Elijah Gilberson. Uh, lo and behold, uh, Hayden Stanley's opponent, Christian McNutt, uh, uh, lost his nuts, I guess, and, and he pulled out the day before with some some bullshit. And then uh, Elijah Gilberson ended up uh, taking that fight because, well, Dan Garrett had just done it for him, so he felt like he should uh, pay it forward. So props to Elijah Gilberson. Uh, but Elijah came out on the better end of that one at the end of the first round. Not even in the end. I guess we were about two minutes into the first round. Uh, TKO, uh, Hayden Stanley had some – there was some controversy after where I guess Hayden said that he'd hit his head on some exposed metal. That was later dismissed, and Hayden is uh, anxious to turn it around again and get back in here. You can tell from his first fight he's got some sort of – uh, um, karate or uh, traditional martial arts backgrounds from his stance and the way he moved, but I think he got so ramped up that he like gassed real quick and that like just kind of expended a lot of energy, a lot of moving around early. And Elijah's was just more, you know, I knew going into that one, Elijah had already told me, you know, that I've, I've been instructed that like I'm supposed to be working on being patient right now. <laughs> I don't have to finish everybody just right off. So. That he was kind of more measured and patient than what we've seen Elijah, and he just kind of let uh, let let Hayden burn, and then he then he pounced, you know. So um, Hayden uh, Stanley uh, comes into this at zero and one, and um, he is out of the Morristown area, uh, buddies with Chris Bond, and uh, he's looking to turn it around quickly against Troy Williams, making his debut out of the Hobbs Jackson Wink Gym there in Charlotte under Madison Hobbs. Man, he hasn't really answered many of my questions on here, so I don't have a lot of information on Troy. Hopefully, we can lean on Tristan for a little more information here, but it looks to me like he is uh, really put together at the very least. All right, Greg, start us. I'm sorry, yeah, I couldn't really find a whole lot on Troy Williams except for that he has a lot of he has a lot of people uh, around him that are excited to, for him to make his debut. And we saw Hayden Stanley last time. Kids athletic. Both of these kids are athletic. Uh, good, real good matchup here, Tim, on these uh, on these lot lot amateurs right here, man. Uh, I went back and forth on picking between these guys, and uh, I want to take Hayden Stanley, but you know we've seen him have that adrenaline dump last time. And with that being said, I'm going to take the unknown, uh, the unknown. Um, I don't know what what we want to call him, but I'm going to take Troy Williams here, and I'm going to take him by TKO finish. All right, Tristan. Yeah, I'm looking forward to this one. Obviously, you know, Troy's a teammate of mine. 
Uh, I've been training with him for about a month now. He's been training real hard. He looks really good. He's in great shape. And yeah, Tim was right. He is definitely very put together. Um, I'd like to think that he's going to have the strength advantage in this one. Hayden Stanley, you know, we saw what he did last time. and He's got a very unique style. Um, if, if you're not patient, like Elijah Gilbertson was, you know, you may get caught with one of his um, wild attacks, I'll call him. But I think Troy knows what he's doing in there, and uh, I'm going to take him by TKO. Hobbs? Yeah, I guess we're going to see this one. This one's going to be a wash for all of us because I've got him uh, by TKO as well. I just uh, I was really impressed with, you know, what the uh, Hobbs Wink, uh, you know, team, uh, that last show that they were on, that was the first time I'd ever been, you know, introduced uh, to the team. And I was just really impressed uh, uh, with their, with their uh, you know, poise, their um, – you know, just how they handled themselves. And um, I, I became a fan of the team. So I am uh, I'm going that way as well. Same, uh, same, uh, by same method, TKO. All right. So clean sweep. Everybody takes Williams by TKO. Next up, about number five, we have a catchweight Muay Thai fight, 130 pounds. Charlie Miller, four and four out of the Spartan Academy MMA in Columbia, South Carolina, taking on Jakeith Coston, three and one out of Team Blue Reaper, Cincinnati. Ohio. Okay, so this is the first time we've had this uh, team Reaper from Cincinnati here with J. Keith Costin, a very uh, well-spoken, polite young man. I've spoken to him on the phone already three, uh, three and one, I think. So he's done most of his fighting in Indiana there on the stand-up Warriors uh, circuit, but uh, he he is uh, he is uh, very uh, very athletic uh, and uh, comes from a comes from a straight Muay Thai uh, uh, fighting background. So he's going to be. Uh, you know, a specialist, if you will, just as his opponent is Charlie Miller. And it's the lowest we've seen Charlie Miller go. He's he's fought as high as maybe 40 and 45. So he'll be coming to 30 for the first time. Uh, Charlie, uh, you know, he's a uh, he's 50-50 guy at this point, but he's always in great fights. He's one of these Spartan Academy guys that their records do not indicate their skill level. Charlie, very technical. Last time out, um, losing to Travell Boone. Uh, but Travell Boone is very, 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 very good. I mean, like. More like a professional level kickboxer, honestly. And Charlie went the rounds with him and had a nice accounting for himself. So uh, even uh, though his record is uh, at the 50-50 line, Charlie is very, very talented and skilled. There's a reason why we keep having him back. All right, Tristan, get us started. Yeah, uh, again, these Muay Thai fights always seem to deliver. Um, you know, Jaquith Costin will be at a size disadvantage. Um but I, I have to think that he's going to overcome that, and I see him getting the win via decision. Jeff Hobbs? Um, man, I just don't know a lot about this uh, Team Blue Reaper. I, and really, I know he's 3-1, but I don't know a lot about that promotion that uh, you know that, that he's been fighting fighting on. So um, got to go with what I know on this one, and that is uh, you know, Spartan Academy and, and Charlie Miller and, and the product that that gym puts out. So I am going Charlie Miller by decision. Uh, Greg? Who did Christian take in the beginning? He took Costin. Yeah, I think I'm going to take Costin too by decision. All right. Yeah. So Greg and Tristan both take Costin by decision. Hobbs goes Miller by decision. Next up, we have lightweight MMA. 155 pounds, Mark Wilson, debut, uh, debut independent out of Charlotte, North Carolina, taking on Trip Hallman, one and one independent out of Knoxville, Tennessee. 
Okay, so uh, Trip, we've seen both times here with us. He's one and one. He's buddies with Caleb Holt, uh, and uh, so if you you know if you're hanging out on the porch uh, at intermissions and Caleb Holt around, you usually see Trip with him as well. Uh, uh, athletic guy, he's got a little bit of wrestling background uh, in high school, I believe, and uh, he had he got his win last time out with a, a guillotine submission over uh, a fighter from uh, West Tennessee, from Jackson, from. Uh, from this um, uh, Boris BJJ team, he actually. So I was really kind of surprised to see him guillotine that guy. But uh, and then before that, his one loss was to Chris Bond, where he got uh, triangled, I think. So uh, he's one and one coming into this one, and he's going to be taking on um, um, the debuting Mark Wilson, who I don't know a whole lot about. He's from Charlotte. He's an independent fighter. He's buddies with Drew Chornahouse, uh, who we'll talk about here shortly. Uh, so he's he'll, he works out with Drew, and I know he's a police officer. All right, Hobbs. Uh, well, you know, you got to give props to uh, uh, the blue line there. Uh, says a lot about Mark Wilson that that's what he does for a living and uh, puts his life on the line every day. Um, so you, you guys know how I usually rag the independent fighters. It's it's hard to rag a man who um, who who puts it out there every day like that. So props to Mark Wilson, but. Um, you know, again, a lot of times it's it's going with what you know against what you don't know. Um, you got independence, which, you know, always kind of makes you wonder where they're getting their training, who they're getting their training with, and what kind of training they're getting. Uh, then you add the fact that he's a debut, and you haven't seen Mark Wilson in the cage, and you don't know what he's about. You don't know what he's capable of, and you haven't seen the skill set. Uh, and I have with Trip Hallman. Uh, seen the good and the bad, uh, the loss and the win. So I'm going to stick uh, with what I know on this one. I'm going to go with Trip Hallman, and I'm going to go sub. This uh, fight could low key. Uh, um, this fight could low key be awesome, actually. <laughs> uh, if this tur- turns into your typical independent versus independent fight, I think it'll be low key awesome. Uh, and I will say, I have experienced the mean streets of Charlotte myself firsthand very recently. <laughs> so, uh, props to Mark Wilson for uh, for patrolling that area. I'll send it back to Justin. Sorry for the interruption. We don't play. All right, Greg. Uh, who's the, who's the cop? Mark Wilson. Uh, Mark uh, Wilson. Yeah. And Trip Hallman's fighting him? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm going to go with Trip Hallman. Fuck the police. I'm oh. Gonna go Trip Hallman. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go with Trip Hallman, and I'm going to go uh, to Mission. All right. Tristan? Yeah, I'm with the boys here. I got Trip Hallman by uh, submission as well. And, you know, like Hobbs said, it, it's what we have seen versus what we haven't seen. And we have seen him win via sub, so that's what I'm going to bank on. Everybody takes the devil you know, Trip Hallman by submission. Next up, we have Cole Tucker. Uh, let's see, 170-pound welterweight. Cole Tucker, independent out of Nashville, taking on Caleb Edmondson, debut out of KMA in Knoxville. This is a hard one to break down. I don't have a lot of info for you guys. Cole Tucker um, is out of a, a fitness gym uh, out there in uh, the Nashville area, actually. He is uh, independent, though, overall, as far as like a martial arts training goes. He told me that he, he had trained for a while, but then he, he, he uh, started just doing his own thing, I think. Looks like he's fairly well put together. Uh, I don't have much information for him besides that. He's taking on Caleb Edmist, Edmiston out of KMAA, who I also don't have much information on, man. He's he's. Uh, uh, he's a noob. He's he's green. They said, and um, you know, we'll, we'll see what he can do. 
Uh, I do. I do, uh, however, have inside information that he is maybe a uh, neurological specialist. So maybe he could help us out with some neuro exams. Oh, wow. That'd be nice. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to need one of those probably. Uh, (laughs) Greg? I tried to look up both of these guys. Couldn't find nothing, man. I'm just going to go off of their pictures. I really don't know. It's 170. I'm going to go with Caleb Edmondson. What what will you use your method? Man, I don't know. <laughs> PKO. <laughs> I really don't know. I couldn't find nothing on these two fellas. Yeah, this is this is the hardest one for me. I I don't have much on it at all. Tristan. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna go Edmiston. Uh, I'll take him via decision. I we know where he trains. We don't know much about where the other guy trains, so I got to bank on that. Jeff Hall. Well, let's see. Cole Tucker. You said neurologist possibly he had to take anatomy he knows all these pressure points uh and how to that's Edmondson. a man unc- yeah the KMA oh, that's Edmondson? yeah that's Edmondson. Oh, yeah. Shit. well then yeah sounds yeah, like you I'm need a neuro you know what both y'all can kiss my ass as well what's your what, what method would you like for me to jot down for you Submission, please, Justin. All right. Everybody takes Edmondson. Hobbs <laughs> goes submission. Tristan goes decision. Greg goes TKO. Next up, we have 135-pound Bantamweight MMA Kobe Ford. Debut uh, independent out of Chattanooga, Tennessee, taking on Peyton Uten, 0-1 out of National MMA in Oak Ridge. Okay, so Peyton Uden, we've seen several times. He just debuted MMA for the first time last time out. Lost to a KMA guy um, by um, by decision. He wasn't able really to stay off his back, but he didn't really. It, it, to me, it was almost a fault. He was always going for submissions. You could tell that he grapples. He's a blue belt under uh, Dustin Koppel at National Martial Martial Arts. But that fight at forty five, I think he was just too, he just didn't have the physicality more or less to to pull off the submissions. Now he drops down to one thirty five here, where uh, I think he'll be much better suited we've seen him in uh, kickboxing matches before as well a very tough kid uh in the kickboxing matches he he faded it seemed like he would gas but uh, his gas tank seemed to check out a little bit better this last time in mma taking on kobe ford um who is an, a first timer out of chattanooga area uh, training some with the agogi group so greg may have a little more uh, background on him but uh hasn't trained long enough to not be an independent for this one uh, from what i've heard uh, quentin sims will be in his corner but not the uh the the agogi coaches so uh yeah that's that's what i got tristan uh yeah that one's tough um i would have to go uh forward i'm gonna take him via decision um solely because i got to experience you know um how those agogi coaches work and if he's gotten any training under them um then i have confidence in him Jeff Hobbs. Well, I'm not going to be like Greg and pick the most attractive one based on their picture. Um, <laughs> and let me reiterate one more time. Greg can kiss my ass. So I'm going with Peyton Uten. Um, just because six degrees of separation, Kobe Ford probably has crossed paths with Greg Hopkins. So I'm picking Peyton Uten by submission. All right, Gregory. All right. Just like I said on the last pick, if you're going to talk shit, get your shit straight. Let me be honest just straight up. I have no idea who Kobe Ford is. Because <laughs> he says he's been there one – he says he's only been there one month. 
I well, I have not been back to the gym. Well, then that's why the, Greg doesn't know him. Yeah, exactly. That's one hundred percent why. But I, I don't know him. Uh, but also, I'm you know, on the message on our on our messenger. We haven't I, nobody's told me about him, so I, I, I'm assuming he's unattached. Uh, but I mean. I don't. I don't know if he's being represented by Gogi or if he's a, is unattached. I, I just. I just. I just told you that he. He is. Uh, he's independent. Yes, if you were listening, he's, Greg. Okay. Uh, he's independent. However, he will be quartered by Q Sims. Right. You said that. I, well, yeah. I haven't seen him in like. I. I mean, I. I, I can't go against the Gogi, man. I cannot go against the Gogi, but like, I don't. I'm not sure if we're. I don't know. And if it's Q's guy, Q's bringing in, man. The guy's gonna want to fight early. He's gonna want to come out hard. And Peyton's Owen. What's Peyton's record? Owen three. Owen, Owen won MMA one and two Muay Thai. Lost a decision last time out to a KMA debut. Man, I'm I'm sorry, guys. I got I'm, I'm I got to go with the home team for me. Uh, I got to go with Ford. Uh, don't don't disappoint me, Ford. You know we're gonna take you. Uh, we're gonna take you submission. All right. So Greg and Tristan both take Ford. Greg by submission. Tristan by decision. Hobbs takes Uten by submission. Next up, we have middleweights, 185-pound MMA, Drew Chornahusk, 0-4, independent out of Charlotte, North Carolina, taking on Darren Hastings, 2-3 and 3 out of KMA in Knoxville, Tennessee. So this is a rematch. Uh, these guys have thrown down before. I want to say they fought in Drew's, like, second second or third fight. I want to say it was his second fight. Um, and uh, Darren got that first encounter um, as uh, Drew uh, Drew had some early success and then and then he got and then he faded. Uh, Darren, of course, uh, we've seen doing more slap grappling here for the last year or so, but uh, fighting out of KMAA, of course, he is the uh, hammer of justice, the ultimate adjudicator, if you will. Uh, uh, overall, uh, super cool guy, forty eight years old, six foot one, and uh, of course, training there uh, at KMAA, he's a blue belt. And uh, two and three record he brings into this fight. Uh, Drew Tornahus, on the other hand, 0 and 4, uh, used to be here in uh, Knoxville area, but he's since moved over to Charlotte. That's where he lives now. Uh, he is uh, 31 years old, five foot nine, and uh, actually, it looks to me like uh, he's training some at 4M uh, Fitness. Which is where also uh, where the fighter in our co-main event is, is training as well. Uh, so uh, so that's interesting. But uh, anyway, uh, uh, that's uh, Ahmed Canis. So uh, he, he's training there. Uh, he's claiming anyway. Uh, foreign fitness. Drew is Owen Four coming into this one. He's had some tough fights, man. He lost to uh, Chris Budtry, lost to Tony Waller, lost to Darren, and he lost to uh, Bubba Cruz. So he's been in there pretty tough. Um, you know, Drew's a guy that, I mean, he looks like a million bucks. He's got to, he's got to translate it to the cage. And, uh, he's a guy that, uh, as a, as my buddy, Cody Saftik would say, takes his strength and conditioning very seriously. He definitely <laughs> takes his, uh, strength and conditioning very seriously. <laughs> um, very seriously. Um, uh, man, I, you know. I don't think uh, I don't see much changing from the first time around, man. I, I like Darren Hastings in this one uh, by sub. Greg, I, I dreaded getting to this one right here because I love Darren Hastings. He's my boy, and he always tells me to pick against him because when I do, he wins. But I just, uh, you know, with Drew coming in this zero and four, I, I can't. And, and 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 Hastings already getting the win the dub once and. I gotta go with I gotta go with Hastings by submission. Tristan, 
Yeah, um, like we said, it's a rematch. Uh, I don't think we've really seen anything from either guy that tells us that the result from the last fight is going to change. Uh, so I'm going to take Hastings by TKO. All right, everybody takes Hastings on that. Tristan goes TKO, the other two go submission. Next up, we have Bantamweight's 135-pound MMA. Vincent Van Alstyne, debut out of Hobbs Jackson Wink in, in uh, Concord, North Carolina, taking on Ray Hewlett, 4-4 four four, out of KMAA in Knoxville, Tennessee. So originally scheduled to be uh, about between Vincent Van Alstyne and Justin Williams. Uh, Justin Williams withdraws about a week ago because I, he said he was too small to fight him. I was um, able to talk Vincent into dropping into one down to 130, which is where Justin was walking at that time. And, and still he didn't want to fight. So. He can go to hell, and uh, now it will be Ray Hewitt uh, from KMAA stepping in for a much better fight now, uh, 100%. Uh, the short notice, though, Ray will uh, will step into this one. Typically, a flyweight is is Ray Hewitt, so this will be a 135. But he'll have a good amount of experience, of course, uh, on uh, on Mr. Van Alstyne uh, fighting out of KMAA, yeah, 5'11", 25 years old, blue belt. Uh, and uh, four and three, he is coming into this one. Now, last time out for Ray, it was not a good, uh, not a good night as uh, he, he was uh, he was put away by the uh, the former 125 champion Kyle Lindner. But Lindner, uh, uh, since has gone pro, is very very top level guy. Uh, Ray uh, still nothing to hang his head about there because everyone's been going down like that to, to Lindner. Uh, he'll be looking to bounce back and uh, get that taste out of his mouth here against Vincent Van Alstyne out of the Hobbs uh, JW camp there in uh, Concord, North Carolina. 22 years old, five foot four, so uh, a glaring height. Uh, difference a seven inch height difference here between these guys um and van alstein it looks like uh you know trains there with uh, madison hobbs in the group tristan maybe can give us a little more insight on him but uh, this is this being his first uh mma fight uh you know he's uh he, he it looks like he does have some experience in uh, kickboxing where he's two and oh so uh that's what i got tristan yeah uh this is another one i'm looking forward to a lot uh, Vincent's a teammate of mine, and he's just a, he's a very well-rounded fighter, very tough-nosed kid. And I mean, what a debut to take against you know four and three Ray Hewlett, who's coming off of a title fight in his last fight. Um, I think Vincent is well-rounded enough, and I think he's confident enough to take this one. And I'm going to take him via TKO. Yeah. Um, man, I think uh, really like Ray Hewlett a lot. Uh, I think he's got you know. A really good skill set, like you said. That his last time out, he just that was a bus all he was in in there against. Um, I think if this thing uh, it, it gets to the ground, and I, you know, I think that's where Ray's going to want it is on the ground. Though I think the height advantage, which you know, on the ground, then it really kind of becomes uh, not height advantage, but just straight up length advantage in those long legs. Uh, fishing, uh, fishing around, man. I, I see him uh, locking something up, uh, whether it be armbar, triangle. Uh, I'm going Ray by sub. All right, Greg. All right, I am going to take Vincent Van Alstein because I see where he's been competing in jiu-jitsu now for, oh, well over six years, and now he's uh, moving that step up to MMA. And it's at 135 where Ray usually fights at 125. And, uh, I mean, Ray's been stepping it up these last few fights, man. Except for you know, you know, the last fight he fought. But geez, I mean, I, I mean, but like other than that, moving up to 135. Uh, 
I think it, it, it issues a challenge to Ray. He's taking that. that that's a big step, man. Uh, but I, I'm going to take Vincent by submission here. All right. Greg and Tristan both take Van Alstine. Greg by submission. Tristan by TKO. Hobbs goes Hewlett by decision or by submission. Next up, 150-pound catchweight Muay Thai fight. KJ Franklin, three and three out of Spartan Academy MMA in Columbia, South Carolina, taking on Daquan Sutton, six and one out of KMAA in Knoxville. Yeah, man, we're up to the nitty gritty now. This is this is a good one. I, uh, re- there's a reason I placed this one so highly on the card, and uh, I know it's going to be really good. Uh, we've seen uh, Daquan Sutton uh, now that he's been at KMA now a couple of years, uh, back and forth between MMA and, and the Muay Thai. But uh, you know, he's always been known as just such a, such a skilled striker. Uh, he's looked great out there in all of his Thai fights. Last time out had a had a really had a good showing against Dustin Garrett, but uh, illegal strikes to the back of the head. Uh, forced that one to end up being a no contest. So he's back uh, to the uh, Muay Thai uh, portion of things here, and uh, like I said, just such a slick striker. And uh, and since he's been at KMA, just worlds of improvement. Uh, and he's taking on KJ Franklin, man. Uh, and it's a broken record at this point. This is the third guy from that Spartan Academy whose record does not indicate his skill level, man. Uh, you know, KJ is a guy that is 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 very good, very technical. Uh, last time out, he leg kicked Dustin. And Whitmore to into into submission essentially, uh, just so uh, you know, very very crisp, uh, quick and uh, and technical striking. So I'm, I'm expecting this one to be to be really really good. Tristan, yeah, I'm looking forward to this one again. Uh, you know, two very technical strikers. It's going to be good. Uh, I'm going to take Sutton. I'm going to take him by KO. I think that he has a lot of power, and I see that. You know, carrying over and getting in the win. Hobbs? Uh, man. Okay, so I didn't know that you guys officially, so that last Sutton uh, fight was uh, overturned. It was. It was. Uh, they turned that into a into a no contest. Or, uh, yeah, yeah, no contest. Okay, who's reffing this Who's, who's refing this fight? I have no idea. So the refs for the night are going to be Justin Brown and Caleb Miller, but I don't know who will be on what. I'll probably prefer Justin Brown on this one uh, just because these guys are so experienced and Caleb really hasn't done a whole lot of tie fight shit. Right, right. To answer um, your question, is not Chris Bond. Okay, okay, okay. Thank you. Thank Chris you. Bond is not the referee. Okay. Um, man, I'm just busting Chris's balls, man. I mean, he, he missed it. Uh, he knows it happened, um, obviously, with the, with the overturn. Um, but, uh, you know, that being said, man, it's, it's not taking anything away from Daquan Sutton because, uh, he was winning that fight and he was in a dominant position. It just happens. Um, uh, I like Daquan Sutton though, man. And I like a Daquan, a Daquan Sutton from KMAA. Um, he's a different fighter, uh, since, uh, you know, getting over there with those guys. So I'm going Daquan, uh, Daquan by a TKO. Greg? Uh, yeah, Daquan Sutton, man, when you uh, take the opportunity away to shoot and take him down, that kid is dangerous. His hands are lethal. His kicks are lethal. Bro, man, I just – until people are showing me otherwise, I got to go with uh, Daquan Sutton by TKO. All right, everybody takes Sutton by TKO. Next up, back to MMA, we have uh, Bantamweights, 135 pounds, Cody Noel, 1-0 out of – uh, Hobbs Jackson Wink in Concord, North Carolina, taking on Taylor Moat, two and two out of Somerset Martial Arts in Somerset, Kentucky. 
Okay, now this one I'm really looking forward to. Two very two guys I'm really high on um, in the bantamweight division here. Of course, uh, Cody Noel last time out uh, made his debut with this and, and beat uh, a fighter from uh, from California with that dethrone team. And and I was just gushing about this kid for a debut. At Cage, I was like, it's so much composure, very skilled, very big and, and long and tall at the weight class. Uh, just man, uh, he's got all the goods, man. Uh, really, really high on uh, Cody Noel in five ten. Uh, 21 years old there out of that Hobbs Jackson wing camp. Uh, you can tell he's got some wrestling. Looks like he's got some kickboxing. Looks like he was the IKF East Coast champion in kickboxing. Uh, white belt in BJJ. And that'll be interesting because uh, his opponent, uh, Taylor Moat, out of uh, Ian Lawler's Somerset Martial Arts in Kentucky, is a three-strike blue belt. And so um, a better BJJ ranking for, for Moat, who comes in at 2-2 two and two, uh, in this fight. And, uh, you know, training there with Ian Lawler, you know, he's going to be prepared uh, 30 years old, uh, five foot eight. So he'll give up a little bit of height. Uh, but, uh, you know, as far as the experience factor goes, uh, that that will be uh, in, in his favor. So, yeah, really, really nice feature about here. It looks like uh, we're going to see Alan Miller back. Alan Miller is listed as one of his cornermen with the Ian Lawler. So we can talk Alan Miller into getting back in the cage soon. Hobbs. Man, going back to, uh, you know, the, the Hobbs-Jackson uh, Wink team, man, um, I, I like Cody Noel a lot. Um, I'm, de- I'm taking Cody Noel TKO on this one. Greg? I'll second with Jeff and take Cody Noel TKO on here, too. Tristan? Man, I hate to pick the same as everybody, but... Cody, you know, another teammate of mine, the final teammate of mine on the night uh, that's fighting. You'd like, like Tim said, one of the most zen kids I've ever met. He's just so calm, so patient. It carries over to his fighting style, and he's got such good striking. And you know, I think that that BJJ rank is a little misleading. If this fight does end up on the ground, I feel very confident in Cody's jiu-jitsu. Uh, I'm going to take him by TKO. All right, another clean clean sweep, Cody Noel by TKO. Next up, the co-main event, 145-pound featherweight MMA, Ahmed Kamas, three and four out of fitness, four uh, M Fitness and MMA in Charlotte, North Carolina, taking on Elijah Gilbertson, five and four out of Knoxville Martial Arts Academy, Knoxville, Tennessee. So I need to make a correction real quick, and this is my mistake, and I'm correcting it on the bout sheet now. But uh, Ahmed Kamis is actually four and four; just got his record up to even recently. I haven't forgotten about to change that. They call him Eddie, though. So Eddie Kamis, uh, four and four out of uh, that four in fitness gym in Charlotte. Man, we got a lot of Charlotte area uh, peeps up in this thing. Um, this is a featherweight fight against Elijah Gilberson, who just got his record over the uh, the, the 500 mark yet, with a couple wins in a row last time out. We mentioned against. Uh, 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 Hayden Stanley. So uh, Elijah's been very busy. Like he's fighting pretty much every month he can. Uh, just really kind of like hit that new level of commitment as far as his training goes. But this is a tough one, man. I think this is a really hard one to call. Eddie Kame is coming in a blue belt. You know, he's got some uh, some uh, some power and some striking in as well. It's like he's uh, he was two and zero in kickboxing and three and one in regular boxing. So. Um, you know, he's, he's going to present a, a, a very tough physical challenge for Elijah Gilberson, who uh, will, will step up his level of competition again here, looking to move to six and four uh, after an 0 and three start. Greg? Man, I, can y'all hear me? Yes. Okay, good. Oh, well, uh, Elijah Gilberson, I've been picking against him a whole lot lately, but uh, he's been, he turned that corner in the last. You know what, four fights, man. I mean, just 
really impressed me. And I always pick against the guy when he was an independent, then he wanted to join KMA. And, you know, I mean, he's just, he keeps making those strides and keeps making those strides. And if this fight is to go the distance, because I've been looking at uh, uh, Ahmed's record, and uh, if he can start you and knock you out early, uh, that's his that's his means and ways of victory. But if it seems like if he can't do it early enough, it, and it drags out in in the later rounds. I think that Elijah can get this, and then I'm gonna take Elijah. I think Elijah can probably get a uh, get a submission victory, maybe in the second or third here. So I'm gonna take Elijah by sub. Tristan. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna take Elijah via decision. You know, he's been a very active fighter. He looked really good in his last bout, especially on short notice. Uh, and I'm just riding the wave. So I think that he'll win via decision. Jeff? Uh, I have not been picking against Elijah, and it uh, served me well last time. I love the short notice fight. Um, and I think uh, that short notice fight, that win, getting him above 500 in the positive uh, direction, is going to um, just continue on in this fight. I'm taking Elijah by TKO. All right, everybody takes Gilbertson, Greg with submission, Tristan decision, and Hobbs by TKO. Next up, the main event for the light heavyweight title, 205. TK Mattress, 7-2 and two, out of Electric City MMA in Anderson, South Carolina, taking on Torres, the Punisher, finish, Finney, 3-0 uh, and o out of a Gogi Combatives in Chattanooga, Tennessee. Okay, now, yeah, here we go. This is, uh, this is what we came for, five rounds. Uh, potentially here. I don't know if we're going to go five rounds, man, but it could. Uh, this is going to be – these guys really talking it up last week. There's a lot of hype on this one. I'm excited for the weigh-ins. I'm excited for the face-off. I'm excited for the energy between these two because they both bring it uh, on multiple levels, both uh, in the cage and out of the cage when it comes to just that hype. Uh, of course, the, the defending champion, uh, the Punisher, Torres Finney out of a gogi, uh, has just been a wrecking ball, man. Uh, a next-level talent, a guy that, uh, you know, obviously uh, you, you know that we're very high on here. Uh, one of our uh, panelists on the show quite often and a uh, member of the commentary booth, just uh, a very, uh, you know, a visible figure uh, on the Valor scene, but uh, taking nothing away from his athleticism, man. This guy's he's got all the tools and the charisma that goes with it. Uh, of course, uh, two-time wrestling state champion, uh, ranked ninth in the nation uh, coming out of high school wrestled at UTC down there in Chattanooga collegiately and uh, you know as up till now no one's been able to to stop that takedown you know and, and until someone does uh, you know I would imagine he's going to keep uh, keep rolling uh, one guy that has other other plans is uh, TK Mattress and I'll tell you what uh, TK Mattress, Thailando Mattress out of Electric City MMA in Anderson, South Carolina. Um, coming into this 6-2 and two blue belt um, is 2-0 uh, and oh in Muay Thai. A guy that is uh, very vocal online. He's willing to fight anybody, man. He wants to fight the toughest guys. He wants to be that that, that king gorilla man at the top of the hill. and uh, He'll tell you that uh, for sure. And not a lot of guys lining up to fight him. Not a lot of guys lining up to fight Torres. Uh, so it's a match made in heaven, really, and uh, I know that this one is going to deliver. Uh, this, I believe, may be the first time that TK has dropped to 205. So, uh, you know, Torres is going to have a, a height disadvantage with TK being a six-footer, uh, but uh, Torres typically with a height disadvantage in most of his fights, so that's not uh, anything he's not used to. Uh, you know, I will say this will probably be the first guy that is coming into this into a fight with him that truly, truly believes that he's going to win, if that makes sense. It feels like the other guys may have had a good game face, 
but maybe deep down inside knew that it was trouble. So uh, TK definitely coming in uh, with with uh, you know a lot of confidence, which is uh, uh, a little different than the, than the other guys Torres' uh, face up to this point. So I'm super stoked for it. Whoever uh, wins this one, uh, of course, will be proud to call our champ. Tristan? Ooh, I'm looking forward to this one. I told him a long time ago, like right around when it was first announced or when I found out about it, I guess that I wanted to come to Knoxville to watch this one. Uh, so I'm excited to work commentary for it. I feel like there's a lot of ways that you can look at it. TK uh, is going to provide a tough matchup. You know, he, he swings and bangs. That's what he likes to do. Uh, he's going to be coming to take Torres out. But stylistically, I think that this is a great matchup for Torres. I think he slips under one of those wild hooks that TK throws. He takes him down. And I think it's going to be Torres via TKO in the first round. Hobbs? Yeah, first of all, Tristan, don't get too excited about commentary because Greg's back on the mic and you're not going to be able to get a word in. Um, so just sit back, enjoy the, sit back and enjoy the show. Um, hey, I, I don't think I, I don't. Uh, I don't think Torres is slipping under anything. I think he's going to walk under everything because uh, there's a high difference here. Um, Man, uh, what scares me the most is TK Mattress told Torres Finney, you will not slam me. Mm. Um, so I've got to say, if there's one thing that Torres is going to go in there and do is make sure that he hoists that big boy up in the air and let every – and he might hold it for a minute, WWE style, uh, before he drops him down, man. it's uh, Torres is one of those guys, man. Don't tell him he's not going to do something. Um and and like I said, what's different about this one is is TK fully expects. There is no doubt. You can tell in his mind, uh, in his heart, and in his soul. And like he said, period, point blank, he's winning, um, which is different uh, than anybody I think that's come in there before. Everybody else has come in wanting to win. Uh, this guy comes in expecting to win. So I think it's, it's a little different opponent for uh, Torres uh, as far as an opponent's mindset and confidence. But I think the outcome is is just going to be the same, man. I think Torres is going to get a hold of him. He's going to walk right under everything. He's going to get his hands on him. He's going to hoist him up. And at that point, if TK can't get off of the ground or get off of his back or his knees, uh, Torres is going to um, just rain down. And, and I don't know if you can gas Torres out, you know, punch him. Some people you see punch themselves out. I don't know that that's possible. So. Uh, I am excited about this fight. I'm excited what TK brings to this fight, uh, mindset-wise, game-wise, uh, attitude-wise. But I, I'm, I think the outcome is going to end up being uh, Torres Finney by TKO. Before we go, before we go to Greg for his take, because I'm sure I know who who, who he's going to take. But you know, just uh, into the you know, I'm not to put you on the spot, Tristan or anything. Tristan is a former opponent of Torres Finney. You know, when you we, I think when you get around Torres, do you get that air though? Like this is a next level kind of guy. This is a next level kind of athleticism and talent. Man, I'll tell you what. So obviously I didn't have much to really go off of before I fought him. Um, you know, it was kind of just stuff that I read about or had heard. Um, but then you experience it and the quickness and the speed of those takedowns is it it is truly next level and then to be back there and watch him warm up yeah he is a special athlete and you know we could we could talk good about him all night he's a good friend of mine now but uh 
great guy, but just really, really special athlete. You know, I'm looking forward to what the future holds for him, and I'm I'm excited to see what goes down Friday night. All right, Justin, back to you. All right, Greg. All right, so I saw Feeney earlier today and talked to him, just very, very, very brief about his fight and everything. And it, it, the, the conversation really uh, detoured into not even about his fight, but about how competitive he is and how how competitive his family is and how uh, toxic that might really be in life and how competitive it is because at some point in time, you know, when you're competitive with everybody, you know, it, it, it's, it, it's, it's a lifestyle. Here's the thing, TK is the same way. He's yeah. competitive. He doesn't want to lose. He's not coming. He's six and two. I mean, the guy's ranked uh he's ranked is it North Carolina? He's from South Carolina, but he's fought he's right. fought in Georgia too, I think. But he's right you know, he's ranked first in South Carolina. You know, he's ranked third in Tennessee right now. He's also ranked number twenty in the southeast, uh you know, a lot heavyweight, whereas, you know, TK is ranked fourth uh as heavyweight. So this is a huge match. There's a lot of there's a lot of eyes on this. These are two big guys coming in here to fight that uh you know, PK has lost twice. He's got two learning experience. Uh Torres hasn't got to taste that yet. Something else Torres hasn't really got to taste yet is those straight down the pop shots from a big guy, from a real big guy. And no offense to Tristan Scarborough. No offense, man. I mean, when you stepped up, you like I was surprised at how the size when you stepped in the cage, how much how much bigger you were than Finney. And, you know, it's that moment when you're like, whoa, you know, I'll take a step back. Did not realize this, but, but Torres is all, you know, Torres playing college football and wrestling, being in those heavier weight classes and against those bigger guys. It's no, it's no problem with him. You know what I'm saying? It's just another day in the office to him. So with that being said, uh, I am biased here and I, 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 you know, that's my teammate, Torres Finney. Uh, I'm going Torres Finney by TKO. And the only reason I'm going with Torres Finney by TKO is because of the shit talking that TK matchers threw down there. He told him he wasn't going to be able to take him down, and Torres is taking that personally. So uh, he didn't have an, he didn't have a chip on his shoulder against uh, against Tristan Scarborough. He does here, and this is going to be ugly. Uh, I don't want to be on either side of this fight. Like if I was one of those guys. Uh, so with that being said, we're we're this is the July Fourth event right here. This is the main event. This is what I'm ready to see. And Torres Finney's going to get that KO and steal, and then he's going to grab the grab the mic and do his thing. All right, there you go. Everybody takes Torres by TKO. That'll wrap it up. All right, and that will wrap up the card and our picks. We'll we'll see how everybody uh, clocks in next week before we start a new season with the underground card. So uh, excited for that. Uh, Thanks so much to to our guest uh, tonight, uh, Charlie Alexander, for stopping by earlier. Of course, uh, Tristan Scarborough sitting in with us this week. And uh, and then uh, Jeff Hobbs, Greg Hopkins, my co-host, Justin Watson. And thank you uh, for uh, for chilling with us for uh, for this Valor Hour. Until next week, I'm your host, Tim Loy, and uh, we're signing out. This week on Crush Performance, it's episode number three of our Talent and Talent ID series. This week, we talk with Lou Fair, a sport researcher at York University. Lou's focused the majority of his research on the professional sporting draft and the process of talent identification and athlete selection. Why is it we're so poor at predicting future talent? And what can we do to improve the system to help our athletes succeed? And we ask, what do you think might be the most challenging position in all of sport? We find out on this week's episode of Crush Performance. Crush Performance with Jeff Cruschel can be found on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, 
TuneIn Radio, Google Podcasts, and RadioInfluence.com. <laughs>